Today, Kevin and I are sitting down to interview Pastor Brian Nutter to hear about some of the financial challenges he faced as a second career seminarian and the advice he has to offer from those experiences. Welcome to Surviving Seminary. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm Jason Stark and I'm here with my co-host Kevin Sutherland. Hey guys. And my guest today, our guest today, oh boy, yeah. the last interview we did was just, I was I was interviewing mm-hmm. and um, and so now you're here, yep. which I'm really thankful for. So our guest today is Brian Nutter. Brian Nutter is assistant pastor at New Life Community in Lexington, Kentucky. And uh, just in the same way that David Durst, our first interview guest, was uh, from New Life Community, we're just kind of continuing that chain right on. Now, uh, I want to thank you very much, Brian, for coming on the show. You're welcome. Yeah. I'm a big proponent of nepotism, especially when it comes to podcasts. Nepotism in the family of God? In the family of New Life Community. Okay. (laughs) Um, And I want to thank you also because when we decided to do this is because you had kind of reached out and said that you were interested in in talking about this. Uh, And so you actually reached out our way, whereas normally it's kind of the other way around where we're the ones who are searching out guests. So um, that means that half of all guests to Surviving Seminary actually seek us out. Right. And they're the ones who want to be on the show. Brian, I mean... (laughs) We we did not choose you. You chose us and yes. and selected us so that you might talk about being a second career seminarian, right? That's right. That's okay. right. And um, I say second career seminarian. Now you're not in seminary now. You were and you've graduated. So when was that that you were in seminary? I was in seminary from 2008 to 2011. Okay. And um, so can you tell us a little bit about that first career, some of your background, and some of your journey that led you to feel a calling into ministry and to seminary subsequent? Absolutely. And I might also say that, yeah, I did seek you out. I have a—I believe God has put this on my heart to share, and I have been looking for avenues to uh, share my experience and try to help— people who are in their first career and have a successful first career who want to make the jump to seminary or who want to make the jump to become a pastor or a missionary. And we're very happy that you've, um, um, that you've reached out to us then, because that's exactly what we want to do. We want to offer mm-hmm. helpful advice. We want to offer, I mean, I guess counsel to what extent we can to people who are either considering or have chosen to come to seminary. And so this is right in line with everything that we want to be about. So thanks very much. Uh, thank you again. I was uh, working at a really good job at the time. Um, I was working for NASA Goddard Space Flight Center, which is a really fun place to work in Baltimore, Maryland. I'm sorry, Greenbelt, Maryland. I, well, my family believed that we heard the call to go be missionaries. And for me, part of that was to go to seminary, get ordained, and then go into the mission field. So I was part of a College Park Wesleyan at the time, and we did research into seminaries. We spent a year looking at seminaries and what it would take and uh, met with many people. And then we finally decided on uh, Asbury, uh, which I affirm to this day was still uh, the right choice. 
So we began to make preparations to move from Maryland to Kentucky. Uh, we had one child on the way, so we actually delayed our starting of seminary by three months so that we wouldn't be here having a baby. We came with the baby in tow. And we had some money in investments. We had a big savings account. We had retirement started. And we thought we were in a good situation. I was going to say, it sounds like a pretty good setup from looking at it from the outside, yeah? Yeah. Um, and then in 2008, uh, the market crashed, the housing market crashed, mm-hmm. the stock market crashed. And a lot of what we considered was our our buffer or our parachute it just kind of dissolved on us. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I had met with seminary financial aid people, I didn't really understand finances. And I would, we would sit down with them as we were considering uh, enrolling, and they would go through this long list of places where I was going to get financing. And they would throw out grants and scholarships and financial aid and different sources of financial aid. And what I didn't understand is how much of that was going to be in the form of a loan. Mm-hmm. Almost all of the financial aid was in the form of a loan. And so in 2008, we lost a lot of what we thought we had and continued for four years. I was thinking that the faster I got out of seminary, the sooner I could be in the mission field. That was my thinking. I was also thinking the faster I got done with seminary, the cheaper it would be. Like cost of living expenses would go down once I had a job. Uh, that also turned out to be a big mistake. Why was that? <laughs> when I graduated, I graduated with $100,000 of school debt. Whoa. And my missions organization had said along the way, that's fine, that's fine. We frequently send people who have that much debt. But when it came down to it in 2011, they decided they did not want to send us with that much debt. And so now I was a seminary graduate with $100,000 worth of debt and no job. Because we were kind of counting on jumping from there straight into the mission field. You came with a very distinct sense of calling, and you also went through a lot of planning and a lot of talking to people that made everything kind of seem like everything was going to be okay. And then all of a sudden, like you said, the bottom kind of fell out of different pieces of it. Um, What did that do to your sense of calling? It it definitely, on many occasions, sort of made us reevaluate, made us think, make us question were we really called or we just make this up in our heads and we continued throughout that whole time with prayer and reflection and uh, going back uh, it is wonderful to have a journal to keep a journal to be able to go back to it and remember those times that were significant and we kept getting reaffirmed no we still have a calling to the ministry but it's not happening like we thought it was going to happen. So I graduated was from seminary, and we didn't know what we were going to do. Uh, we looked around. I wasn't yet qualified to be a pastor. Um, and so I had $100,000 worth of debt, and we wanted to get rid of it so we could be missionaries. So I got a well-paying job in my previous field. I was a 
in the project management field. Before I came to seminary, I was making over $80,000 a year. The job I got after seminary, I was still making over $80,000 a year. So the Lord really blessed me in that way. I mean, just blessed me richly. But even after having that job for five years after seminary, my school debts were still really big. We spent a lot of time paying down our school debts. Even we were even trying the Dave Ramsey method of gazelle-like intensity. Uh, But when you get a debt that large, it takes a long time to try to work it down. Mm -hmm. So it seems like, you know, you've said that your heart um, is, uh, that it's on your heart to, to, to tell this to people, to share this with people. And it sounds like a lot of what you're telling and what you want to share in a certain way grows out of certain regrets that you have about how things went and um, that's led you maybe retroactively to um, to consider some things that you would have done differently, maybe some things that you want to tell to listeners that they might want to consider uh, if they're in the same boat that you were. Sure. But I do want to point out, I had the bad plan from the beginning. I had not thought it out. I had not understood what I was getting into. Even if the market hadn't crashed in 2008, I would be in a bad situation now. Ten years after finishing seminary, I am not ready to go into the mission field. I do not have anywhere near uh, the amount of financial stability that I need. I haven't brought my debt down. If I'd have gone about this differently from the beginning, we would be done. We would be out in the field by now. But it would have been a different route that I really didn't consider at the beginning because I was all gung-ho. I was really excited. I wanted to jump in. I wanted to lay down my cross and just get started. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that's that's how it is when you, when you think you're called and you're praying and all your friends are supporting you. You don't want to wait. You just want to jump in and do it. But there's some things I see now that I could have done that would have got me to the mission field much, much sooner. And if you look at it as not how quickly can I finish seminary, but how quickly can I get to the mission to which I'm called, your perspective changes, the focus changes, and your decisions will change. Mm. Yeah, sometimes when those lines get blurred, um, seminary can end up seeming like it becomes an end in itself, when really it is the it is a vehicle towards something much greater, which is that call from God uh, that he places upon us. That's, that's, that's exactly it. So one of the things that I could have done differently was maintain my existing job, worked with my employer, and then started taking classes online part-time. Um, Asbury offers some great uh, ways to do distance learning through online as well as visiting the seminary for short-term intensives. And what I know now is my employer would have totally supported me in that in ways that I had not guessed because I didn't talk to them before I made all my decisions. If I would have talked to them beforehand rather than after, I would have seen options that just weren't before me. What was it do you think that that caused you to not really communicate those things outward to your employer? I want to say first, I had a really awesome employer and and boss, and uh, I couldn't have asked for anything better. But still, there was this sense of nervousness of what's going to happen the moment I tell people I'm not interested in advancing my career 
in Project Benjamin anymore. I want to go to seminary and be a pastor. I was really nervous how people would react to that. So mm-hmm. I kind of waited until the last moment. I didn't want to to pick up a stigma of, oh, that's going to be the preacher guy. <laughs> right. I, I was worried that that would really cut into my credibility in my current job. So I waited and waited and waited until all of these other things were in motion before I talked to my boss. And that was a huge mistake. Another option that I could have gone with is coming to seminary, but doing sort of advanced recon, thinking of it as like taking a beachhead. So if I was really intent on doing in-person classes, which I really support, um, I could have, again, taken my time, found a job, found a place to live, found a church to support me locally, and then moved and then enrolled in the local seminary and found a way to make it work with a new employer, but having um, sort of unbroken career chain, meaning go from one project management job into another in a different location and then attended the seminary that I wanted to attend. Mm -hmm. That would have also worked out really well. And the job I got after seminary, that turned out to be a great job with a great group of people. Um, And if I'd have gone straight from Maryland to Kentucky and gotten that job immediately, they would have totally supported me in getting more education and getting my master's divinity. Um, But again, that's just not something I even considered. Like what kind of crazy boss would hire a person and then help them go to school? And the answer is most employers are really excited to help people who are pursuing um, divinity, pursuing missions work, pursuing becoming a pastor, assuming, of course, that you're doing your job, right? Right. But if you have the discipline to do a master's degree program, you have the discipline to do a good job. Mm-hmm. Sounds kind of like sometimes when, um, if you already have an established career, but then you feel a call to ministry, it feels it can feel like there's this big break um, and this big separation between what you were doing and what you're going to be doing. And maybe um, the truth that's in that has to do, again, with the vision of what is to come somewhere down the line, even though it's not exactly clear at the moment, um, but to too quickly advance out into that completely different um and that complete demarcation from where you were, it can help you. Well, I, I shouldn't say help you. It should. It can hinder you from seeing the fact that you have networks around you, and you're in those in the midst of those networks for a reason. That that's very astute. One last option that I didn't pursue, and I saw lots of people doing this around me, was uh, several people took part time jobs and extended the duration of their education. So whereas I got done in four years and have been working for nine years to get rid of the debt, I know of people who did seminary in eight years, which to me seemed like just a huge amount of time, but they did seminary in eight years, but maintained a balance between education, going to classes and working to keep their uh, debt down to almost nothing. And so they graduated in eight years debt-free where I'm still struggling with this burden on my back. Mm. I, I feel like I resonate to a certain degree 
with the whole idea of second career and that um, I, I've experienced a lot of the same uh, challenges and a lot of the same uh, steps that led me to places like debt and uh, and and I've got a lot of it to deal with. And so um, this is all helpful to hear. Um, obviously, I've already finished a degree and I'm working on another one that thankfully I've got good scholarship support on and that's been a huge blessing. Praise God. But I look back and have similar regret. So I very much appreciate your wanting to offer this to people who have not yet um, stepped onto that path and gone down, gone on that path very far, so that they might, um, so they might avoid some of the same things that I know I've dealt with and that you've shared that you've dealt with. How about you, Kevin? Yeah, I am sort of a second career seminarian. Um, I also, it's been a long time over almost 15 years now since I graduated from undergrad. And uh, I got married right after that, and we had a baby um, right after that, a year later. And so I quickly, I had always felt a call, though, to seminary. And I kind of went a different route, and I avoided it um, because I got into a, you know, worrying about am I going to provide for my family or whatnot. So I got on a, a retail career in management and I was on the pretty, if I had focused and did well and got a little lucky, I could have been making six figures in a couple of years, but I was just miserable uh, doing that. And so the recession hit on me um, and it wasn't, I was doing fine on that, but the whole thing kind of just uh, re- awakened that call like god used that to kind of wake me up and say this wasn't what you were supposed to be doing anyways um and so i went back to seminary and i i've made some missteps financially um as well and so i'm excited to hear what you're saying about this and to um kind of tweak my own perspective and i've got some ideas about things that i would have done differently as well so um and I think a lot of those things that you're talking about um, definitely would have been helpful uh, because there is, there's that push, especially if you're second career seminarian that you feel like you need to get it done because you're not getting any younger, you know, <laughs> whereas, you know, if you're just coming out of college, you feel like you've got your whole life ahead of you. But, uh, but yeah, I, so I resonate with a lot of what you said. I've been kind of listening because Jason and uh, Brian know each other and I'm, kind of the third wheel right here, but uh, no, you're I've not. been enjoying it. Uh, so I'm sorry, everybody out in podcast land that's been like, where's Kevin other than the occasional cough or uh-huh. Well, that's your but, first interview. Yeah, it, this is. So I'm it's nervous not. too. So um, You had mentioned like this, the second career attitude of not getting any younger and things like that. But I think there might be more to it as well, where you're already established in a career field and you're used to accomplishing things. And so maybe another part of it could be sometimes that you feel that call and you say, well, I've established my ability to get things done and to uh, progress and advance in my career. So if this is what I'm hearing, then I should be able to go and do it. Maybe there's a little bit of that too. Mm -hmm. Um, but again, that, that pressure sometimes comes from a place that, that is not in line with the pace that God has for us to take. And um, it, can be, it can be something that, that leads us along 
uh, a way that maybe we should be going slower. Yeah, and I think uh, that uh, definitely God's not done with you unless you're dead um, for your call. So if it takes longer, you might need to fight that. You definitely need to fight that impulse to just get it done. Um, and maybe that's what God does, but maybe he should probably provide if you're going to get it all through all the way in one little quick thing. But be patient. He's not giving up on you yet. You're, if he's called you, he'll provide a way for it. And everything's in God's time, mm-hmm. right? We want everything to be in our time. Exactly. But really, it's in God's time. Mm-hmm. But honestly, I love being where I am, even in the situation that I am. When we were in seminary and we were looking at becoming overseas missions missionaries, we started attending a Hispanic church. So we were thinking, let's prepare to be in a different culture and we'll start now by worshiping in a different culture. Mm. And my whole family started learning Spanish, and we started worshiping in a Hispanic church and learning about Hispanic culture and the differences in the way they worship and the way they believe versus the way we do, and discovering how much of my own uh, preconceived notions were grounded in the culture that I came out of. So that being said, we were not waiting to graduate before we were starting our mission. We were starting our calling where we were. We were seeking out the mission field that was local to us and available to us. And that's just another thing to think about of if you feel that you've got a calling and that calling takes you to seminary, slow down and go ahead and start living out the calling where you are. You don't have to wait and spend lots of money and spend 10 years and then finally you're ready to go. You can always start somehow, somewhere, right where you are. Um, God does provide a way. I think that's really good advice, even generally toward seminarians, uh, whether or not you find yourself uh, feeling a call toward missionary service, or in my case and in Kevin's case, we feel called to education, um, classroom as ministry, higher ed, Mm -hmm. and... um, even though that seems like it's a far ways off uh, prospect for us, especially with today's higher ed job markets, right? Um, That we can start now, and that might take the form of the teaching that we do in the local church, uh, what we provide to congregations uh, in terms of Bible teaching that is another example of us getting started now. So that's really good to get the momentum not on seminary per se, rolling, but the momentum on your calling and to work it out in the place where you are. So thank you for that. So many of us, I'm assuming, um, have read or listened to Dave Ramsey. And quite honestly, I uh, was compelled to read and um, try to get an understanding of Dave Ramsey as I saw myself plummet into financial decline and to the uh, seventh level of the abyss of financial debt. Oh, man. Um <laughs> And quite honestly, Dave Ramsey has does not have anything for a person whose primary income is student loans. Right. His advice is get out of it quickly. Uh, I think part of his advice is also try not get, to get into it in the first place. Mm-hmm. But once you're there, you're kind of stuck. Um, so Dave Ramsey does have a lot of wisdom and some principles 
that, again, I wish I'd have paid attention to sooner. We always think that, right? When it comes to finances, I wish I'd have saved money sooner. I wish I'd have started my retirement fund sooner. So one idea that I've come up with is from the moment you've decided that you want to go be a seminary student, change your career. And this applies for anybody who's wanting to leave their job and go pursue a master's or a doctorate, really, is pause, reduce your cost of living expenses now. I was making uh, upwards of 80000 I could have cut thirty to 40000 out of my living expenses. Um, we'll, we'll just say thirty for right now. And set that aside. So if I had spent a year in preparation for ministry or for seminary and put 30000 aside that year, I would have lived on a student's budget in much more of what I would consider a student's lifestyle and mm-hmm. gotten used to that. And that would have given us time of transition rather than just being thrown into unemployment the way I was. It would have given us a lot of time to work through different issues when there wasn't the same time pressure. Right. Um, it's amazing how much more I learned about my wife and she learned about me when we did not have an abundance of money. Mm. Right. Suddenly priorities and things come to the front that weren't there before. And so this would have given us time to work through a lot of issues and set aside uh, an income that we could have drawn from. Right. A salary or a savings that we could have drawn from a salary over the time. And if I'd have done that for, say, two years or three years, that alone could have seen me almost entirely through seminary and maybe debt-free, maybe not debt-free, but I wouldn't be anywhere near the position that I'm in now. Mm -hmm. Um, And Dave Ramsey will tell you, don't use your credit cards. Um, And that's another trap I fell into. But my mother lives four hours away. And when she has a medical problem and has to go to the hospital, I find it really hard to not drop everything and and go take care of her Mm -hmm. uh, while she's in the hospital. And, you know, most of that uh, ends up on my credit card because all of my other money is otherwise obligated, uh, right, to normal living. So that's another thing is to sort of spend some time up front with friends, family, and establish, here are the rules. For right now, we cannot afford extraneous expenses. I cannot afford to come right to our normal Christmas thing and spend $300 on Christmas presents for all our nieces and nephews and whatnot. And I'm not saying I ever, I've ever done this um, in case any of my family is actually listening. But this is a common thing. We should have had those discussions early and set expectations with friends and family and whatnot saying, this is our new state of life for the next seven to eight years. We ask you to respect this, and we're not asking for anything back, mm-hmm. right? But these are all things that Dave Ramsey talks about in different contexts, but all of them can apply um, to being a second career student, and that applies for seminary. It applies for other things as well. I wanted to also kind of swing around here because this is some scary stuff, and it's not just scary because uh, Brian is trying to scare us. You know, th- this is hard. This is not easy. Ooh. Right. Uh, This is not, going to seminary is not easy. And if you try to make it too easy, then that's really when it does get very scary. But the process itself is scary. So um, this is not intended to dissuade someone from a call from God. Yes, Jason, thanks. I do want to say that there's no shaming 
if you listen to this and then you still just decide to drop everything and run off to seminary and risk accruing student debt, um, I trust that the Lord will have provision over you as he's had provision over me and my family. The Lord has continued to bless me in my own stupidity, but he, that's what he does. He, he watches out for us. He cares for us. He cares more for us than the, for the sparrow that falls, right? That's, um, and so the Lord has richly blessed me. And from where I am now, I actually wouldn't change anything. I love the people that I've connected with and the education that I've had and the classes that I've had. And being here in Wilmore, I did not come to seminary to stay here in Wilmore. That was not what I wanted. Hmm. But I do love being here. And so if I had been smarter about some of these issues beforehand, I would have made different decisions and life would have gone differently. And that would have been blessed by God. Um, But the life I'm having now is also blessed by God. So I don't want to walk away with there's any type of shame or guilt about the decisions that we, we make when we don't really know what's coming or we get really, really excited to, to fulfill the call and we get really emotional about that and we make a quick decision. I don't want to shame anybody on that. Um, but my hope is that there are some people out there who might be aided by having some front-end advice like this, some people who are really unsure of how to go. They're really scared of the financial commitment, of the time commitment. And I'm hoping that some of this from a post-student perspective, might be of some help. All right. Well, thank you so much, Brian, for being with us and sharing your perspective. Um, And I think it's definitely valid. Yeah, I think sometimes we um, struggle with how to put episodes together, not just for structure reasons, because sometimes we wonder, like, how are we going to make this really, um, really pop and be relevant for people? And I don't think there's any problem with it on this episode. This is... This is not just—it's not just interesting to hear uh, a person's story, but this is something that probably way more people deal with than than the number of people that actually talk about it. It needs to be talked about, and we're very thankful for your talking about it today. Yep. Thank you all for having me. This has been fun. So if you have anything uh, you would like to say to us, uh, uh, maybe about your own experiences or any tips or advice for second seminarians uh, or second career seminarians, I should say, um, please let us know on our Facebook page. But uh, other than that, Jason, you want to take it away? Um, as Kevin said, you can find us on our Facebook page, Surviving Seminary Podcast, and there you can find links to our email and you can actually send us a direct message right there as well. So we thank you for listening. We hope you would subscribe and follow along with the podcast on social media as well. It'd be a big help for us. So until next time, thank you very much. See you later.